With Hashem as my witness, I planned on canceling on Jackie for the second time uh, before we recorded this episode. The first time I planned on canceling, well, I did cancel because I got really sick for about a week, uh, upper respiratory nastiness, you know, it's going around. And the second time, uh, because the night before we recorded this, I had a pretty bad uh, mental health episode. But I decided, you know, cancel once, okay, life happens. Cancel twice, mm, don't do that. And I'm really glad I didn't. Um, and in this episode, you'll see why. Jackie Glazer is a, has been a therapist, you know, had her own practice in Australia and then, you know, went to work in outreach and now works with uh, single women um, who are looking to meet their soulmates. And though, thank God, I am happily married to my soulmates, I really dug deep. So you're going to get a little uh, little taste of what Jackie has to offer. It was not planned. It was 100% not planned. And Jackie even told me, you know, listen, if this is something you don't want to publish, you don't have to. It's totally fine. And I decided, you know, there's a reason why I had, this wasn't a one-on-one session and this was a podcast episode. So once you get to that exercise, I want you to, I want you to try it for yourself and see how you feel afterwards. And if anything, this episode taught me is that there's, uh, there's no coincidences in life. Hope you enjoy. No one's perfect, even if we secretly believe they are. So if you've been struggling and failing to keep it all together, you're in good company. Women today are pushing harder than ever to do it all and break through their personal limits. But what if we're pushing in the wrong direction? Join a growing movement of women exploring their boundaries as opportunities. Be empowered by their experiences to create a best life that reflects your expectations and no one else's. If you're ready for a different kind of podcast, then you've arrived. Welcome to Women of Valor. Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for joining us. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and one thing that you love about yourself. Oh, goodness. Uh, Okay. Hi. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Uh, My name is Jackie Glazer, formerly Engel, and um, I am a trained psychologist, and I now work with women, single women, who are dating and looking for really to get married and they feel stuck and they're in a rut. Um, before that, I did 12 years of nonprofit Jewish outreach work, which I loved. And uh, and now I incorporate both aspects of Judaism and the emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence in the work I do with single. Is that what you love about yourself? No. Or are you just going to avoid no. the question? Oh, I was waiting for the next. Uh, and what I love about myself is... Uh, that I'm always growing and always looking to improve. I'm an Elul baby. Oh yeah? Yeah. Like Elul that, that month before Rosh Hashanah is all about growth and I really resonate with that. Well, I'm I'm Hanukkah, so I don't know what, uh, well, right around um, Hanukkah, right before. Low darkness to light. That's right now we're sitting in this exact thing, going through the darkness, which is some of what you were talking about before, the struggle and then turning that into light. Yeah. So before um, Jackie and I were kind of discussing what I use my uh, social media platform for in the context of uh, mental health. So I always say I am not a mental health professional, but I am a professional at getting help for my mental health. And (laughs) I am an expert in my own experience, as uh, Sarah Pachter uh, told me. 
which I which I really really liked. But we actually do have a mental health professional on this episode, so it'll be you know everything will be backed up by you know research and science and not just you know silly reels that I put up on social media. <laughs> yeah, but there's something about understanding it from the inside. And I think that that's important because even just like me working with singles, one of the reasons I worked with single, I go to work with singles now is because that was my test also. Like I was single for many, many years and they keep telling me that that makes a difference, right? That I understand it from the inside. So I think there is huge value in you being an advocate and understanding certain things from the inside. You and I met, we met before. Yeah. We met in California. Um, but it was just in the context of, you know, mutual friends and stuff. And then later on, we connected over social media and you had a very interesting topic to discuss. And I was really intrigued. And though I did cancel because I was sick last time, Jackie was really good at being on top of making sure that this happened. And I'm sure that by the end of it, I'm going to be super grateful that we did. So Jackie, can you kind of introduce us um, to the topic, because it, it is very foreign to me, yet extremely intriguing. Yes. Yeah, so we talked about doing a discussion tonight, today, of a deep dive into mental health, the subconscious, and our tikkun. Our tikkun being what we're here on this planet to fix, right? That every single person is here to fix something uh, in their soul, soul correction, let's say. And that is part of why you were put in the families you're put in where the countries you were born into, the generation that we're in, like all these, there's a set of coordinates that we were like plonked into our life that we had no choice over at all, no control or choice. And those are all part of your tikkun, like the starting point for your life where you didn't choose those things. And even, even the challenges that you specifically went through in your families, as well as inside yourself, are part of what Hashem gave us to make us great, right? To, to, to wrestle with, to become who we're meant to be this lifetime through those pathways. And that can be hard to hear if you've gone through a lot of adversity. I remember when I became observant, I was I grew up not observant and became observant and didn't really know there was a God beforehand and then found out there was a God that loves us and is merciful and wonderful and good. And I went through a lot of uh, my own adversity and struggle, you know, through my mother was not well at different points. My father died young when I was 17. And then I was like, wait, that was all on purpose. Like that was all now you're saying it was meant to be like, and I, I found it very hard to wrestle with that and to come to a place of acceptance with that. So I think there's, there's places in our journey where we have to wrestle with it. And just because you're hearing this today doesn't mean it's all emotionally fine right? It's not about okay. to say, oh, okay, great. It's my tikkun. Wonderful. That's not what we're saying. But there is, it is helpful to understand the bigger perspective of the fact that we all have this journey to go through and that even where you were born into in your family and the challenges you went through were by design on some level for you to extract some greatness inside of yourself to correct and become more whole. At the end of your lifetime, you'll look back and say, wow, those are the milestones that built me that I became the person I meant to be because of some of that, not just the bad, or not just the painful, but also the the, the strengths and the and the good the great opportunities that you're given, right? So not just all struggle and hardship, but but particularly the struggle and the hardship is often where we become our greatest self. And I remember when my dad died when I was young, and all my other friends are going out having fun, you know, partying, whatever. And I'm like, there's got to be more to life than this because I've been through this pain and been through this whole, you know, your whole life shaken up. And that's what really gave me that impetus to search more deeply about life, 
right, I'm sitting in Sydney, Australia with this idyllic lifestyle, you know, the, and the kangaroos jumping around all cute. And, <laughs> and, and then I'm like, there's got to be more to life than this idyllic little island. And uh, there was obviously, so that, that spurred my journey back to at least the beginning, back to Chuva, back to, back to Judaism, which I wasn't really connected to. So, so everything is there to help us develop, to help us grow. And I think that when you come from that aspect as a, as a starting point, then you see everything in your life very differently. And that's really the point because often I think we get lulled into this this mindset that's just not real of like, no, everything's got to be great. And then something goes wrong and I like freak out. And it's like, if that's, if that thing was just fixed, then I'd be good. Then I'd be happy. Then I'd be having a successful life. And I want everything to be good all the time and everything to be happy and everything to be wonderful. And then when it doesn't, I feel like there's something wrong with me. I feel like I'm not doing life well. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a failure or whatever it is. And instead, no, 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 no. The whole point of life is to struggle and grow and, and accomplish and succeed and then give back and contribute and then struggle again and then grow. And then like, there's a whole process that it's constantly going on. And then as you're learning and growing, you then give that, have that opportunity to give back as well. Right. And that's part of your tough kid. Your tough kid is your life purpose, what you're giving back to the world. So you have your tikkun, which is your soul correction inside. And then you have your tough kid, which is part of what you give back. Uh, often as a result of the learning, they often go together of your tikkun. Not always perfectly, but they, they often match. So I just think it's a fascinating topic and concept. And I think everyone resonates with this. And that even includes mental health. It even includes the mental health. I believe that mental health, especially today, anxiety, depression, there's a lot of inner work that needs to go on for you to be able to come back to health and balance. And that's part of the tikkun, that it's not just like, oh, just fix yourself and then you can get back to real life. Like just get better and then you can join the, the rest of the human race that's living a normal life, which is often how I think that stigma is it comes out, you know, about right. mental health development rather than, no, 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 the whole point is that this is part of your tikkun, right? This is part of the tikkun and then we'll, and part of the healing and part of the acceptance and part of the compassion and part of, Right, because what does it bring up in you when you when you're dealing with mental health? What do you? There's all sorts of things that people are forced to confront and forced to look at and forced to ask for help and forced to you know if you can't function as well as you normally can, you have to ask for help. For many people, that's hard. That could be part of their ticket. Let's say, right, or have self compassion. Stop judging yourself. Right, depressive thinking is very very harsh and judgmental on on yourself right? Black and white thinking, catastrophizing, minimizing. Also, there's also the patterns of depressive thinking. So correcting those is maybe part of your part of your ticket, right? In a good way, in a healthy way to try to learn how to relate to yourself with more compassion, more understanding from a bigger perspective. I'm like, really just trying to like process this. Yeah. You're looking at me like, I'm like, am I doing really well or really bad? Like I can't tell. No, I'm just, I, <laughs> I, have so many thoughts going through my head like is this too deep I'm so thrown off right now but it's not a bad thing it's it's you just went straight for it okay yeah, I, tend to, I tend to do that I'm sorry I, I should have warned you maybe <laughs> L in me right like yes. it's like we don't have time let's just talk about like the let's get to the the guts of it and that this is really the guts of life. Tikkun tough kid, like what's yours? How do you know what your tikkun is? Look at what you're struggling with, bottom line. What are you struggling with? That's what, that's what you're meant to be struggling with. Like that's what God gives you 
to grow is what you struggle with. And we think, no, that's a hassle. There's something wrong with me. I've got to just fix that quickly and then get back to being successful. Uh-uh, that's what God wants you to wrestle with so that you become great. That's that's exactly, I have this great rabbi who said, stop reading Sadiqim books, all these books, all these holy books about- Oh, I can't handle those. Righteous people, because all you do is feel bad about yourself. All you do is feel bad about yourself because you keep comparing yourself to these unbelievable holy people. Now, it is nice to have a template of what a human can be, but stop looking at them. Look at your own life. Look around you, right? Ralph Leufzer said this from Israel. He's amazing. He said, look around in your life if you want to look at what God wants you to work on. And the I sad like, reality is, though, is that the one book that actually provided a human perspective to some of these gedolim was then like locked away and like banned. A lot of fear. Of, of fear. people being viewed as humans. Like that's what we need. I don't know. I can't speak to that, but I just think there's a lot of, in general, there's a lot of fear about humanness. There's a lot of fear about mental health. There's a lot of fear. And uh, the way to deal with fear is not more fear. Right? Right. So, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. I just think it's like the 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 high lofty, you know, goals and stories and everything are like, you know, I... I don't know if this is controversial or not, but people tell me, you know, oh, you know, something that you probably should read if you're struggling with anxiety and depression is to read these, you know, Amuna books and they make everything so much worse for me mm. so. Um, because it's like everything is, you know, everything will be solved if you just say thank you and you just realize that everything is from Hashem and it's all really good. So like, even if you're like not able to breathe and like vomiting over the toilet because you have like, you're hyperventilating and you, you can't function. Like really that's, that's a you problem that you need to just fix with belief. Mm. Yeah. So I find that in this, in, in the Jewish world, particularly, there's a lot of focus on between me and Hashem, but there's not a lot of focus on between me and me. That like, right. I have to work on how to respond to myself differently before I can take my attention to God and just say, thank you. I also have to validate my own feelings and accept how I feel in this moment. So I, I call it the Baruch Hashem syndrome, right? Yes. Baruch Hashem, my house on fire, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, like yeah. we feel this, this forced forcedness to be fake and sweet because if I trust Hashem then everything's good so Hashem, I'm single Hashem, I'm single for 15 years great like no you, yeah that's called suppression you're you're totally invalidating your feelings that's not that's not that's called not experiencing pain and it doesn't work it just comes right. back to bite you and it's really it's really so that I don't think I don't think that's what those books are suggesting but it's missing that piece it's missing right. that piece I haven't seen that's why I developed the course that I did for singles because I it's missing that piece is missing in the Jewish world of like, right. you can't relate to others or Hashem until you are relating to yourself well enough, like, like right. as in with compassion, with, I, I call it compassionate curiosity and, and be able to accept yourself. So work with yourself first and learn how to respond to yourself so that you can accurately process feelings right. rather than suppress them, shut them down, ignore them, judge them and blame those judgment, blame, and, and ignoring and dismissing and criticizing yourself keeps you stuck. It will keep you stuck. Oh, it happened in the past. I can't go back there, but it's not happening in the past. It's in you right now. 
it's affecting your life right now those feelings so they're not it's not in the past it's here so right. then respond to learn how to respond to yourself differently by by listening to your feelings validating them and when you can actually do that from a space that's bigger meaning you're observing your feelings and you're allowing them to be there they will automatically move through you and start to heal and we are so powerful in the ability to heal ourselves through that process there's a great book um, letting go the pathway to surrender by David Hawkins must buy it everyone if you want to if you're interested in this of this processing letting go letting go the pathway to surrender it's phenomenal please yeah you'll send me the link and we'll put it in the show notes oh perfect yeah, yeah. it's amazing and so the, he goes through this in depth and you you know when you can read that an author's really really holding on this level he really was living at this level he died in I think 2014 but he, the way he writes with such depth and articulation, you get it like in your body, you get it that he's, he's really living this. And um, he talks about all the different ways that we escape ourselves and that that's what keeps us stuck the most, that when we have a certain feeling, even if it's a depressed feeling, even if it's an anxious feeling, when we have a certain feeling, how we respond to that feeling is more important than the feeling. So it's not the first feeling that's the problem. It's the second feeling in response to our first feeling. Does it, am I getting too technical? No, like, I, yeah. this is eerily scary that we're having this conversation right now. But yeah. Okay, yeah. there we go. Divine yeah. providence for you. Because it shows yeah. um, that you have the first reaction and then it's how you respond. The secondary reaction to yourself is the main problem usually. And when we can change that, which we can, we can, I see it every day. I work with clients every day and they can change it and they learn, oh, I can actually just observe it and I can just accept it. And it's actually okay. Boom. It's gone. Like immediately it changes your whole state. And I, I get so, I get such a nachas and such a high from seeing people be so empowered and be able to choose that so quickly. You can learn it quickly. We're just not taught it at school. We were never taught this at school. We we're never taught this at college. We we're never taught this even in the Jewish arenas, like, we got to learn this stuff. This is like emotional intelligence, spiritual intelligence, right? Trust is a whole different spiritual intelligence of lifting yourself out of nature, which is just phenomenal. But that's a different a different focus. But I'm saying because that's once you know how to process yourself, then you can um, work with trust in a whole different way. But the the main thing here is that we want to be able to start practicing radical acceptance with whatever's going on. Doesn't mean you don't want to improve, and doesn't mean you don't want to change. But just right now, this is what's happening in me and that's okay. So I'm going to say two things. And the second thing is going to come with a question. The first thing I'm going to say is that uh, a few years ago, I was working in outreach and there were certain students that I told my employer that I wasn't comfortable working with because, not because they weren't good people, but because I said, we're putting the band-aid of observance and attention and putting them at our Shabbos table before the fact to know that they really need um, mental like mm. help. Right. You know, like let's, let's see if we can guide them to getting like the therapy that they need or, you know, the medical help that they need or whatever it is. And then see if they're still interested in, in pursuing yeah. Judaism yeah. because there have been times where I've seen it and like the minute, you know, they didn't like what the rabbi said, or you can't make a meeting, or they don't feel like they're getting enough attention, then it's like, okay, well, then I'm going to do all these things that you're not going to approve of, because that are like, Aviras, quote unquote, so that you are like, oh, we have to talk and like, let's spend time with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very much I mean, even even, you know, through the 
the halachic perspective, if someone is having a mental health crisis on Shabbos and needs help, you know, Rabbi David Cohn of Chicago put out a video statement on Amudim's platform saying, you know, you should use technology on Shabbos if you need it for X, Y, and Z. Wow. And that was like a blanket statement. And I've had periods in my life where I, you know, spoke to my rabbi and I'm like, okay, what are the hierarchy? These are my coping mechanisms for when I'm, you know, having a panic attack or whatever it is, you know, what are like the hierarchy of like, what's the best according to halacha and what's next and what's next. And always the bottom line was, but if that doesn't work, just do what you have to do. Um, but I don't give like blanket statements like that, but I've gotten so many people reach out to me asking me like, is there a rabbi you can connect me with? Uh, like, I don't have anyone that understands mental, my mental health and I want to ask a question. And like, I always go, okay, call a Muslim, speak to a case manager, tell them you'd like to be connected to a rabbi who's well not, who's well versed in mental health. If they ask for more details, you say, no, thank you. And then they connect you. <laughs> and that's it. You know, like you don't have to talk about it to the person, you know, you don't have to also risk potential judgment or like, oh, well, I don't know if that even qualifies as like an important question or, you know, someone who's not a mental health professional is likely, likely picking up the phone. Um, and I'm not saying that that's what happens. It's just, you know, so that you don't run the risk of anything, just protecting your own emotions. Um, but that's, that was an aside. Okay. <sighs> okay. So I am open about the fact that I, that I, you know, do have a generalized anxiety disorder diagnosis. And for the past little while, I've, I've really had a handle on it mm. and it's been, it's been really great. And I'm like, great. The meds are working. You know, I don't have to take my like emergency medication that like I take very rarely or like it, it's been like months. And then last night I just like major panic attack. Um, and it kind of just was like, I thought I was doing so well, like I've been doing everything. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. Why do I have this problem? Why me? Why is this something I need to deal with? You know, I have so many other things to do and so many people to care about. Like, what do you even want from me right now? Like, let me just live like I was supposed to go out to a really beautiful event last night and I texted my friend I was like I really wanted to be there but I can't be there and then she called me she's like I just want to make sure you don't hyperventilate and like she stayed on the phone with me um until the you know the meds kicked in and whatever and it's just like what the heck mm. you know like at 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 times I've developed this sort of um theory it's not backed at all by any source that I know of because I haven't researched it. But I'm like, the modern day Yetzirah is mental illness. That's my, yeah. because the Yetzirah is something that pulls you away from your focus, where you should be headed, what your what your true tafkid or tikkun, you know, is. And for many of us, we get eaten alive by, you know, anxiety, depression, um, bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, you know, any sort of eating disorder, you know, like what the heck, man? Like, like why? And like, how do you deal with that when you're in the trenches of dealing with this? Like, 
today I have a huge emotional hangover from it. And I'm just like, what the heck? Why? Let me ask you something. Over the whole of your life, wrestling with whatever it is you've been wrestling with, what has it? what's one thing it's given you? The ability. To help others. But then I feel like, like I'm like I'm a sacrificial lamb. I always say to my friends, I'm like, I don't mind being the car bun because somebody messaged me the cutest thing. She has like, she has a, if it was her mother or her mother-in-law or whatever, like messaged her. Like I saw this article about your friend that I met on H and it's just so strange. Like, why is she saying out loud that she goes to marriage counseling and that, and that she has these things that she has a therapist? Like, why would she say that? And then one daughter-in-law goes, or like daughter goes like, well, I go to therapy and the other one goes, I also go to therapy. He's like, but why would you even say that? You know, like it's like a totally different, you know, generation. But I said, I'm like, listen, if I need to be the carbon, if I need to be the sacrificial lamb to be like, yeah, we go to marriage counseling. Like, yeah, like so be it. But generally when I'm saying that and I'm like, yeah, like, okay, if I need to be the one to say like, yeah, you know, I take meds and I struggle sometimes with remembering if I took them. Or, you know, I have anxiety and I still, you know, can do things when I'm not in the trenches of it. Like, that's much easier when I'm not in the trenches of it. And now I'm in the trenches of it. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. What, what, what if that's one of the reasons why you have it is because you've become a beacon of light to anyone else who has it? I don't want that. Okay. <laughs> it's just like... It's like, I'm so happy for you that you, <clears throat> excuse me, are now getting help for whatever. But like, you know, when like you just expect when you're like, oh, I'm doing the right thing. And then, you know, the problem goes away. Yeah. Yeah. The problem hasn't gone away. So part of this problem is that you're being forced to dig deep inside yourself and, and understand your inner world. It's forcing you to understand it because you can't live without that. It's, it's, it's forcing your attention there. When you're in a panic attack, you have to literally cancel an event and sit with yourself and deal with it. Yes, you have medicine, whatever, but you are forced. It's like, a, it's like yanking your attention inward. You have no other option. It's like, it, like it's, it paralyzes you to, to do that. And so, yeah. so go with it. What we resist persists. But the more you the more you resist it, the more it's going to get worse. What do you mean? Like go with it. Like, what does that mean? Like go completely till I'm hyperventilating. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> what does that mean? You know, I think hyperventilating is a type of resistance. Um, it's like a panic about the panic, about the panic, about the panic, you know, that like we get scared. Yeah. of the fear. So rather than, do you want to do something? Do you want to do an exercise now? Sure. I'm sure it'll help people who are listening. And no, but for you, it might help you Yeah. as well. That I was just justifying it being on a <laughs> Of course it will help everyone. I'm the carbon, remember? No, but you're not a carbon. You're important. <laughs> it's, through, it's through building you to a better place and you being self-aware and growing. It will happen to have the result of helping others, but that's not the reason. I don't right. believe you're a carbon. I believe Hashem loves you so much. And this is the best thing for you to be building building yourself as well, not just you sat, you being suffering at the, at the expense for, for everyone else. You know, like- Right. And that's, that's a trauma brain response as well. I'm like, you know, when things are going well, it's like, okay, but when's the other shoe going to drop? Cause like we're meant to suffer in this world. So like, yeah. it's, it's just going to get worse for me. So, yeah. you know, let's just be anxious the whole time and not enjoy it. 
self-fulfilling prophecy. And I, and the other way happens too. When I got married and I was so joyful, I was like, I'm so happy that for sure this is going to end and it's going to be destroyed. So there's vulnerability when you're joyful and there's vulnerability when you're sad and miserable and anxious. It's like, we're just vulnerable and raw and messy. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Right. Okay. So are you aware of any anxiety still in your body from, I don't know, like the hangover? Oh yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Good. Great. Amazing. Not good, but okay, just for this exercise. Um, so okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to take a deep breath. I'll do it with you. Come back into the present uh, moment. So just be here right now. Don't worry about anything else. And I want you to take your attention to the top of your head. So the top of your head, inside your head, not outside, in the like middle to the back, is we often call the intellect the seat of the soul, right? So the mind is like the seat of the soul where the soul comes in through the through the top of the head, through the mind. And from the top of the head, it's like we get a bird's eye view of our body and of, of the, the room. You know, you can kind of, even with your eyes closed, you can kind of have a bird's eye view from the top of your head. And so from the top of your head, I want you just to gently glance inwardly and to just notice what's happening inside without changing anything. Whatever is happening is completely okay right now. And I want you just to just keeping your eyes closed, just to describe to me sensations that you might feel and what you notice. There's this just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Where is that? That's a thought in your head. And where do you feel that in your body? I'm just feeling like an overall like weakness and like a little bit of like a, like a weight in my like arms. Mm, A weight in your arms. Yeah. So there's a weight in your arms. There's also just like a huge boulder on my chest. Yes. Huge boulder on your chest. So I want you just to notice the weight in your arms the boulder in your chest and you're just observing it gently from the top of your head. And I want you just to allow it to be there. And I want you to, in a way, so this is going to sound weird. So just go with me. Just, I want you to talk to it. You can talk to it silently in your head or aloud, whichever you feel like, whichever feels that connects you more. Many people like to do it silently and just talk to it and say, thank you so much for showing up. You can be here as long as you want, because no matter what, I'm okay. And I want you to do that either to both the heaviness in your arms and the boulder or whichever one is stronger. Just say, thank you so much for showing up. You can be here as long as you want because no matter what, I'm okay. And I want you to relax all the muscles around that, around the arms and around the boulder and just let it be there. And just say, thank you. Thank you for showing up and I want to know more. I'd love to know more. I want to be here with you. So you're not alone. Which one's pulling your attention more, the arms or the boulder? The the chest. Yeah. That's what I got to. So just take your attention to the boulder. And really be with it. Just allow it to totally be there. Relax all the muscles around it. And I want you to ask it if it could speak. If it had a lips and tongue and a mouth, what's one phrase or a word that would express how it feels? Just let it pop up in your head. I'm overthinking it, so I need a minute. Yeah. Tune into the boulder. Take your attention to the boulder. If it could speak, what would it say that expresses itself? Helpless. Helpless. Yes. Yes. I just want to, I just want to, so I want you to say to the boulder, I'm just acknowledging, I'm just acknowledging and validating that I feel really helpless right now and that's okay. 
feel really, really helpless. It's hard to feel helpless. And that's okay. And I want you just to notice how the boulder responds as you acknowledge that. Definitely feels a little bit lighter. I'm getting this like image of like slightly like dissolving around the sides. Yeah. Yeah. And very like visual, visual, energetic. Excellent. Be aware type of person. Okay. But like, is that something that, well, number one, thank you for that. And I'm sure that, you know, other people who are listening are, are definitely going to, you know, I'm going to make I'm sure just, to let people know in the intro that that's a good exercise. Yeah. And I also want to pause you because obviously we, I could do a whole hour with us dialogue yeah. and, and it would, and it would resolve usually. Um, yeah. But what you just started to do was rather than panic about the panic that starts, you now turned towards what was happening inside and was totally with it and totally accepting it and totally validating it from the top of your head, from a bigger space. And you created a bigger vessel inside of yourself for that anxiety to live there. And then when you do that, you started to see within literally two, three minutes, it starts to dissolve already, already as soon as you right. do that. But the question is, how does that relate to, you know, one's tickle and one's mission? Like, how does that guide us more positively? Like, because what's the connection? Have, oh, because you'll be able to have total mastery of your internal world. Rather than live in reaction as a victim to that internal world, which makes you feel helpless and out of control, you're going to be able to turn towards it by choice and have, like, it's all about choice and mastery right? The, the absolute greatest people in the world have complete choice and mastery over their internal world. You know, I, I said, whatever, I have crazy stories. Of, I've been with big Rabbanim who, uh, Rav Moshe Shapira in Israel, and he had he had something spilt on him and he, a hot, hot thing spilt on him and he didn't even move his hand. Like the reflexes were under his control. Like it was just crazy. Like normally you could, you, you'd just jump. Yeah. He had total mastery over himself. So we're at our level. We just want to be able to work with ourselves create more of a vessel when you're a bigger vessel you can do more in the world right you can receive more you can do more you can give more you want to be open right now when we're riddled with anxiety or negativity or self-hatred or you know all the things that we struggle with you're 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 it's like a, it's like your vessel's not whole and so tikkun literally means correction to become more whole right shlemus so this would be a step towards wholeness so it's kind of like accepting. So that's why I was like, in the beginning, when you're saying like accepting that this is like part of me, this is whatever, in my head and my trauma brain, it was like, okay, so I just have to live with the fact that I'm going to suffer. But you're saying, no, you have to acknowledge that this is something that I'm challenged with, but it doesn't mean that I necessarily have to suffer with it. It means that I can use tools in order to learn to live with it. I'm more that you're going to heal it. Barry, give me, give me a month and you will be a different person. If I, I want us to do some coaching and we'll come back on in a month and talk about what you learned. Okay. I, I'm going to teach you. You're going to be able to just resolve it. You don't have to live with the same level of anxiety. Once you learn how to relate to yourself differently, you, it can, it can, it can heal. Yes, you can use meds and all these things, but it's also relating to yourself internally. You have to do both. My opinion, my professional opinion is both meds and the working with right. the Right, the meds are just a, a pacifier. You also need to get to the root of the issue. Correct. And that's what we just started working with the root of the issue, which is often you could, 
we can live with pain, but we often turn our pain into suffering and we don't have to suffer. Right. You can hold, it's, we can hold so much pain without, without turning it into suffering. Like for example, when I was single for many years, that was a huge pain for me, right? How did I turn my pain into suffering? I was going to be a cat lady and die by myself. And I was going to have a stench that no one could until like, it was going to be like, no one was going to find me until the stench was so bad. And so like, that's where I went in my brain because of the pain of being single. And I turned it into despair and suffering over and over again. Did I need to do that? No. So now what do I teach singles? Stay in the present, stop jumping into the future. This means I'm never getting married. This means I'm going to be alone forever because anxiety and pain do that. They make you, they propel you into the future right. all the time. Right? right. This means that, and you just did it now. Oh my gosh, this means that I have to suffer forever and it's okay, but I can, you know, no, right. it doesn't that. Stay in the present right now. Right now you have the boulder, but let's just sit with it a little bit and accept that right, for right now that boulder is here and that's okay. And then as soon as you did that, which you actually did really well, by the way, you. you like were able to be really present with it. Not everyone can be. You, as soon as you did that, it started to dissolve and change. And that's what you'll notice that as soon as you can actually just be present with yourself and accept whatever's actually happening right now in this moment, then it changes to something else. And then you're no longer in that place anymore. And so right. why do we struggle with anxiety? Because what we resist persists. So if I resist the anxiety when it comes, which is so natural to want to resist it because it's not pleasant, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. When I resist that anxiety, it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse because what we resist persists. This keeps going. And so the way that for it to not keep going is to stop resisting it. Okay. I'm accepting that you're here to the boulder. Thank you so much for showing up. It's totally okay that you're here. Like, how do you feel? What, what if you could speak? What would you say? Oh, I feel helpless. Yes, you feel helpless. Validate, validate, accept. You feel helpless. It's totally understandable. Sit with it, sit with it, accept it, accept it, which is what you did. And then boom, starts to dissolve. Doesn't need to be there anymore. And if we did that for 10 more minutes, it would have got lighter and lighter and lighter. You know, we would have said more like, how can I help you? How can I support you? How can I be there? What do you need from me? It would tell you. And so what's so fascinating about this, and this links into the last topic that we talked, we were going to touch on, is that the body reflects aspects of our subconscious. And so it, there's a great book, another book, The Body Keeps the Score. Right. You've heard of it? Yeah. So, so as you go through the body sensations like you did, I have a boulder in my heart that was accessing the part of your brain that needs that healing. And so you start to heal your own subconscious, which is also part of shlameness and, and wholeness and healing. So essentially a lot of, um, because of how we were brought up, who we were brought up with, all these things, we were given a certain, you know, package. And you're saying along with, you know, exploring a relationship with the almighty and learning how to, you know, interact properly with other people that's something that I think is sorely understudied but not as sorely understudied as you know figuring out the relationship with yourself and trying to you know combat and heal what has been ingrained into your subconscious what has been you know internalized as trauma what you know then manifests in the body because of you know psychosomatic connection and stuff and just correct and, and I work on that. I believe that's the beginning. The beginning has been Adama Atmo, and then who I am as a vessel. Then I bring that to all my all other people and to Hashem. Ben Adama Chaver and Ben Adama Makom. Like 
that, you know, we don't really focus on that as much, but I think in this generation, we have to, like you said, this generation, this is what, this is the focus for a lot of people. It's all together. It's all part of one thing. And but the more you become more whole in yourself, the better your tefillah is because now I can actually be present with myself and I can then be present with Hashem. Right. If I'm anxious in myself, I'm not going to be able to focus on Hashem. So it's all part of the same thing. And this is the this is the case, by the way, in how to respond to yourself, no matter what test you're going through, no matter what your challenges are. I teach this in the frame of being single, that you're not, it's not a punishment, you're not left out, God doesn't hate you, you're totally okay, there's nothing wrong with you. I did a class called There's Nothing Wrong With You, right? Yeah. To singles, and a hundred and something came on, and halfway through they started turning off the cameras. They're all crying. And 40 of them emailed me after and said, I, I was bawling my eyes out through that because I've never felt so validated, right? That there's nothing wrong with you. Right. This is part of your tikkun. It's on purpose. It's by design to make you greater and to have a better marriage than you could have ever had. Yeah. But everyone's fighting it and feeling like a nebuch and feeling like there's something wrong with them. And that's just beating themselves up and putting them into despair. That's not the goal, right? So, the, what, so what's the goal? To turn towards yourself. I accept myself. I love myself. I want to work with myself to become the greatest version of me. And then when I'm in the right spot, my husband will walk in and, I, and he does. But if you're despairing and shut down, it's very hard for Hashem to give anything to you. So no matter what Nisayon you're going through, no matter what test, and not just for single, I'm just saying that was just one avenue, one, one area. It's the same test underneath. Hashem tests us in the same way. He wants our trust and he wants us to look within and work with ourselves within and build ourselves. Well, I definitely have a lot to think about and it's definitely <laughs> no coincidence that, you know, we really pushed out this conversation today. Yeah. And I love, I even told myself, I'm like, I can't cancel this time because I canceled with Jackie last time. So I have to do it, even though I'm feeling a little lousy. Um, I, so I, felt that you, I felt you wanted to cancel. It's so funny. I thought she was going to cancel. I was shocked you didn't. No, I, I, I stuck with it. I'm, I'm very um, impressed after your light, light last night. Thank you. Well, if yeah. people want to hear more of you, see more of you, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, Jackie Glazer Official on Instagram and uh, JackieGlazer.com if it's a website. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You're uh, a shining light. We I'm definitely sure. have to continue this conversation elsewhere. For sure. And um, yeah, thank you. Bye, too. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Woman of Valor podcast. Make sure to subscribe at thewoblife.com as well as on your favorite podcast listening app. Follow us on Instagram at Woman of Valor Podcast.